This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We got a big sports night. We got the American League Division Series starting and two Monday night football games. How about that? And uh, Chiefs, Patriots, some injury news in that game, some injury news in the Packers Falcons game. We welcome you to Fantasy Football today. It's Adam Azer with Ben Schrager and Frank Stample. Hey, Frank. Hey, Adam. Hey, Frank. Since our last conversation, you're wearing your glasses now, so you're taking your eyesight seriously? I am. I am, yeah. I uh, was walking into things, just tripping, needed to put some glasses on. Ben Schrager, what's up? How we doing? What's going on? Double Monday Night Football? I am pumped. Yeah, I know. Just a lot of, like, a lot of, uh, con, a lot of TV conflicts tonight. But let's give some injury updates and talk about some replacement options. And then we'll talk about the Sunday night game of, yeah, oh, it was fun, whatever. It was a fun finish. And, uh, some five big, five big topics from around the NFL, some stats you need to know. What's going on with Jonathan Taylor? We got a lot on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but let's start with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is out tonight. I'm just going to read the tweet that Dave Richard posted. It was pretty comprehensive, and then we can talk about it. Replacements for Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 77% rostered. Russell Gage, 68%. Miko Hardman, 47%. Nikhil Harry, 51%. Demir Bird, 2%. Demarcus Robinson, 2%. Darius Shepard, 2%. Olamide Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. 2%. Uh, you don't really want him unless one of the Falcons wide receivers is out. and You probably need two of them to be out. Robert Tanyan, 52%. That's interesting. As the Falcons give up the second most points to tight ends. All right, so let's say MVS is number one. Um, or maybe Russell Gage is number one. If I don't know. You tell me. Ga- those two are, have got to be one and two, I would think. MVS and Gage. So real quick, guys, who would you rather have uh, in a dream scenario where they're available? MVS or Gage? I'd rather have Gage. I'd rather have MVS. I think there's going to be a lot of target volume, and it's a great matchup. The Falcons are allowing almost 250 yards per game to wide receivers, second most in the NFL. Okay. Then let's go to the next group. Miko Hardman against the Patriots. Nikhil Harry at the Chiefs. Demir Bird at the Chiefs. So um, those guys, you know, Hardman 47% rostered, Harry 51%. How about those two? Who would you rather have, Hardman or Harry? I think it depends what you need. If if you're looking for a home run tonight and you need to make up a gap of 20, 25 points, it's Hardman. But I think Harry's in for probably 8 to 10 targets. They're going to be trailing. He had 12 targets in that game when they trailed against Seattle. So I think Harry's the safer play, but Hardman's that home run hitter. Yeah, I think in a vacuum, I'd still go Nikhil Harry. But the way that Ben laid it out makes a lot of sense. Okay, for the, you know, the Chiefs actually allow the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers they did going into week four. Will Fuller had 100 yards. Um, uh, Keenan Allen had 96. Nobody else did well, but really that's kind of just Marquise Brown who had two catches for 13 yards. Um, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, they didn't do anything. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, if you're looking at what the Patriots have done, they really haven't been all that great. The Miami, like Devontae Parker was good in one half. Seattle wide receivers killed him. Hunter Renfro killed him. So... You know what? I think tonight, well, I don't know. I was going to say tonight we kind of find out more about the Patriots' defense, but how much can you find out when they face the Chiefs? Like The Chiefs are probably going to put up some points. 
Yeah, I think the Chiefs wide receivers could do well, and Hardman could still have nothing. Is right. the problem. Absolutely. And then, as Dave mentioned in his tweet, you've got some deep shots. Uh, sorry, I just lost those names. Um, Demarcus Robinson, Darius Shepard, Demir Bird, Zacchaeus. They're all rostered in 2% of leagues or fewer. And Robert Tanyan, 52%. Maybe that's someone that you could pivot to uh, as a flex. The other news, Sony Michelle is out. So, Ben, like, how excited are you for Rex Burkhead? Ben? And Ben gone. Ben's gone. Okay. All right, we'll get him back. Frank, how excited are you for uh, Rex Burkhead? I am decently excited. I think that, you know, he's in that flex conversation, and he's been playing a ton of snaps recently with James White out, but James White is set to return for the Patriots. So I think we have probably see Burkhead on early downs, probably see him used in the red zone. But as we've said all along, Adam, we've been waiting a couple of weeks now for James White to return. I do think in his first game back, obviously with everything that happened with him and his family, that tragedy, I think the Patriots try and get James White involved in this game, whether it's through the pass game, they try and get him a touchdown, whatever it might be. But I think we see a lot of Burkhead and a lot of James White in this game. Well, there have already been four running backs with 32 or more receiving yards against the Chiefs. So whether it's Burkhead, whether it's White, maybe it's both of them involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, you could have you could have some success there. And the Chiefs so far have been pretty bad against the run. I'd like to see, you know, another game with Mike Pinnell. Last week they were not great against the Ravens, but the Ravens running backs only had 12 carries. Um, but... Uh, you know, we'll see. Burkhead, Burkhead becomes interesting, and unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, you sat him, rightfully so. You thought Sony Michelle was going to play. You might not have the roster spot. Who would you play? Um, you probably answer this, but who would you play, Burkhead or White? I would play Burkhead. I think you have to go that route. The way that they've used him thus far, and ton of red zone opportunities the past couple of weeks too, and obviously coming off a game where he scored three touchdowns. So I think they're both involved, but I think I trust Burkhead more than I do James White. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about Cam Newton stealing some goal line touchdowns either. And Brian Hoyer will be the starting quarterback tonight. All right, everybody, let's go through Sunday. Oh, oh, there was another big news item. There were a couple more big news items. Austin Eckler, we expect him to miss several weeks. We don't have an update as of right now. It's about noon Eastern on Nick Chubb. There's some optimism that it won't be as bad as it looked, but no update yet on Nick Chubb. Uh, and here's what Anthony Lynn said on whether or not Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor would become the starting quarterback when healthy. Quote, I can't answer that question right now. My mind is still on the game. Hmm. I think he probably could answer that question. You know, you, like your mind could not, you, you could, you can answer that question even right after the game. So, uh, it's a weird spot, man, because it it's is. like, you know, it's the doctor who messed up, so are there going to be legal implications involved if they don't give Tarah Taylor his job back? But obviously for fantasy, and it sucks, like, yeah, he shouldn't have lost his job that way. But for fantasy, this offense is much, much better with Justin Herbert at the helm. So Keenan Allen has seen a ridiculous amount of targets over the past three games, and Joshua Kelly just played a season-high 57% of the snaps with Austin Eckler leaving. So I think he is a big winner as a result of the injury. Well, we're going to talk about him. Can you rely on Josh Kelly? Because he really hasn't had a very productive game on the ground uh, since week one. And uh, we get, he gets the Saints next week. We know they usually have a pretty good run defense. So let's let's talk about him a little bit later. Philadelphia 25 and San Francisco 20. You know, Carson Wentz, he scored 22 fantasy points. He had a rushing touchdown for the second straight, three, third straight game, actually. Um... He he was pretty he played it safe in this game, 
lot of underneath stuff. They, I, I hope they just took away Zach Ertz. I sort of, Frank, compare this Ertz game, hopefully, if you want to be optimistic, to the Darren Waller game last week where he just got taken away by the Patriots and he came back, had a great game against the Bills. Is What do you think about Ertz? Because he had four catches for nine yards on five targets in this game. Do you think it was just they had nobody, no other weapons, and the Niners were able to take him away? Or is this a more concerning sign? No, I think that's exactly it. I think that the 49ers came in with a game plan to shut down Zach Ertz. They knew that the Eagles are dealing with a slew of injuries to their pass catchers. Honestly, like Greg Ward was their number one wide receiver entering this game. So I, I think the 49ers made it their defensive game plan to stop Zach Ertz in this game. Very disappointing, obviously. Four receptions for just nine yards. But remember, Dallas Goddard is out for at least another two weeks because he's on that three-week injured reserve. So if anyone's freaking out in your league about Zach Ertz, I would be trying to buy him low, personally. Oh, you would? Okay, good. Whoa! Schrager's back. Just gets, guy just gets to pop on whenever he wants. Just leave yeah, the podcast, whatever. Just nilly, willy nilly. Is that what they say? Is that what the kids say? Yeah, willy nilly. Yeah, that's, that's what all the kids are saying these days. Running around saying willy nilly all the time. All right, Ben, you're back. So let's let's rank some tight ends. Kelsey Kittle one and two, whichever way you want to do it. Mark Andrews three or Waller three. Who's who's three for you? Waller three. Yeah, yeah I think PPR. based on based on target volume, you have to go Waller. Okay, who's four? Oh, the other guy, right? Andrews? Yeah, Mark Andrews. Yep. Who is five? That is ugly. <laughs> I would still go with Zach Ertz. I, you know, again, Goddard's going to miss at least the next two games. Yes, things are likely going to change when he's back, but it's not like the Eagles have fantastic pass catchers when everyone's healthy. And is everyone ever going to be healthy? Right? Like, we're waiting on Alshon Jeffrey... Deshaun Jackson, the ghost of Deshaun Jackson. Jalen Rager has had a ton of injuries thus far as well. So I think you have to put Ertz fifth. I I don't really see anyone else that... All right, let me give you the names because I think it helps look at the standings right now. Right now, it's Waller 1, Kelsey 2, Fant 3, Andrews 4, Dalton Schultz 5. I really think you can make a case for him fifth. Of course, he could completely fall off and be terrible because the Cowboys aren't going to throw this much every week. Uh, Kittle, Jonu Smith, don't forget about him. Tyler Higby, because of that one game. Hawkinson, Jimmy Graham, Mike Gesicki, still interesting. Hunter Henry, Mo Ali Cox, Zach Ertz, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram. Once again, it would have been a really good plan to get an elite tight end, so it seems. So if but you probably thought Ertz was considered a top tier elite tight end, and you'd yeah. be disappointed. Sure, but I would say 75% hit rate on the top tight ends. Top four, right? Three of them. Oh, well, Kittle hurt. Kittle got hurt. Kittle got hurt. That's so that I can't and say. And Andrews, that. two out of four games. Yep, he's right. Yeah, but that's still better. Like, he's still the number four tight end in PPR. He's caught four touchdowns. We knew he was going to catch touchdowns. Uh, Nick Chubb just got placed on the IR. Okay. MCL injury. We, okay. Damn. I love talking tight ends, but. All right, let's finish this game, also, and we'll get back news. to Nick Chubb then. So Zach Ertz, Frank calls him a buy-low. Um, rest of season, Dalton Schultz or, or Zach Ertz? Ertz for me. Ertz. Would you trade um, Ronald Jones for Zach Ertz? If Jones is my RB3 or flex, yeah. yes. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, also in this game, let's see. Nick Mullins got benched for C.J. Beathard. Let's hope Jimmy Garoppolo is back from Miami next week. Another big day for Jarek McKinnon and a quiet day for Jeff Wilson. McKinnon played almost every snap, so it seems obvious that unless we get Mostert back next week, Jarek McKinnon is a must-start. Debo Samuel, he's 81% rostered. They eased him in. Um, yeah, I, are you guys feeling good about Brandon Ayuk? He had a rushing touchdown for the second straight game, two catches for 18 yards after having five catches for 70 yards last week at the Giants. Uh, they get Miami next week, as I mentioned, then the Rams. Are you feeling like Brandon Ayuk is 58% rostered? Are you feeling like that's reasonable, or do, or do we need to make him more, you know, more rostered? I think that's probably reasonable. I think if I'm a 49ers fan, I feel fantastic about him. I, I think he's a great player, but I think outside of George Kittle and whoever the starting running back is, if it's Mostert, if he's healthy, if he's not, then it's Jarek McKinnon. I don't know that you can really rely on anybody else in this pass game in terms of Ayuk and, and Debo. And I think as Debo gets healthier, he's probably going to surpass Ayuk as well. So it's a good problem for the 49ers to have. I don't know that it's great for fantasy. So... Yeah. I'm with you. They're both Debo and Ayuk are both going to run the ball probably once or twice a game. They're both not going to have a big target share. And when Kittle's healthy, Kittle's the only guy you can rely on. So I think Ayuk should maybe be even a little less. I'm very discouraged with Debo coming back because I think they profile similarly in this offense. All right, then let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns running back situation. Nick Chubb on IR, which means he's going to miss at least three games. Do we have any more information? Is it like he's out six weeks or anything? Several week injury expected back this season. Oh, geez. Okay. So, you know, it, you, you really have to take a look at what happened. They didn't just give the keys to the car to, to Kareem Hunt. They used a lot of Dearness Johnson. Uh, he had five carries in the second quarter. So Chubb got hurt basically almost at the end of the first quarter. And at that point, Kareem Hunt did not have a carry. Six carries for Chubb, and then the next carry went to Kareem Hunt. That was his first of the game. Johnson had five carries in the second quarter. Hilliard wasn't really much of a factor. If there was any garbage time, it was in the fourth quarter. Johnson got five carries in the fourth quarter. So, like, Hunt was the guy. I'm not trying to make it that. I'm not trying to say he wasn't. Uh, but I'm just curious what you guys think, the, you know, what kind of split it will be. Because Heath said, you know, Kareem Hunt could be the number two running back in fantasy going forward. Uh, I was saying, oh, you're crazy. He's number four. But, of course, we love him, and he's going to be great. Uh, but he did not get a huge snap share. What did he have? Also coming off the injury, 35% too, so of the it's tough to judge That's the one true. game. That's a great point. All right, so, give, so give me Dearness your thoughts. Johnson, 17 snaps, 13 carries on those snaps. Yes, the game flow was, you know, calling for that. But at the same time, they want to have a split, and they want to run the ball a lot. So... I think Hunt will have an uptick in his touches, obviously, but it's not like he's going to get the bell cow load. I think Johnson's a must pickup, and I think Hunt is in RB1, but I don't have him in my top three moving forward. I agree. I think you laid that out perfectly, Ben. I think he's probably a low-end RB1. Listen, like This offensive line for the Browns has been fantastic this year. Like No matter who has been running behind them, They've run well. And the same thing was for Dearness Johnson in this game. 13 carries for 95 yards. Uh, but again, Kareem Hunt only had 11 rushing attempts in this game. Two touchdowns. So he's scoring touchdowns at an unsustainable rate. I would say he is a low-end RB1, and I'm trying to get Dearness Johnson on my team, especially if I have Kareem Hunt. Okay, who are you dropping? Are you going to drop? Would you rather add Justin Jackson or Dearness Johnson? 
Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, Johnson has basically zero chance of overtaking Kareem Hunt. Josh Kelly has not played well. He has fumbled two straight games. He had, he, this fumble wasn't necessarily his fault. It was a bad exchange between him and Herbert, but give him half the blame, maybe. Um, Jackson's a veteran. Jackson had been hurt. I, I would say Jackson. I just don't know what you're going to get from Dearness Johnson. Um, because we, I, I think because we've you, seen Jackson be okay. We have, we have seen Jackson be okay. Nothing more than that. But well, we've never seen him be a starting running back, though. Because he's always had either Gordon or Eckler around. Except for one game against the Chiefs, I think two years ago when he scored a touchdown, but didn't play that well. Um, I don't know, like uh, you, you know, the, the point you make about the injury for Kareem Hunt. Maybe we shouldn't take the uh, the uh, possibility of him being a workhorse close to every down back off the table if he is healthy next week. We shouldn't, but we know Cleveland's going to run the ball a ton, and. They're going to continue to run the ball, whether it's Johnson or Hunt. And we also don't know Eckler's injury status. We don't know if it's a he could be all right this week no, or he's out several weeks several, as well. Well, right? the report was several weeks anyway. That was yeah, initial. Bad. Okay, let's say they're both on IR. Let's say they're both going to miss at least three games, Chubb and, and Eckler. You're still going to Ernest Johnson? I'm I, going Johnson. Okay. Yeah. I like the offensive line a heck of a lot more. The scheme just in general. You know the Browns want to run the ball. I think we've seen enough of Justin Jackson to know that he's not great. And Joshua Kelly played like 56% of the snaps in that game once Eckler went down. So seems like he's going to be the guy, although he hasn't been great, like you pointed out, Adam. Yeah, the offensive line, you bring up a good point about the Chargers, right? They played without three starters on the offensive line. Mike Pouncey's out for the year, so he's not coming back. But... I think he's out for the year. Yeah, he's had season-ending surgery. Um, Bulaga was out. He missed his first game. Trey Turner has missed three games. I don't know. I, I We have to check on the status of Bulaga and Turner, but those are important pieces for them and, and could make their running game a little bit better. It's you know the, Certainly, Kelly has been struggling lately. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with our five big topics. Hey, football fans, are you an Amazon Prime member? Did you know that you can watch Thursday Night Football live on Prime Video? That's right. It's the future of football. You can catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world. You can choose your favorite announcers, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks, or Chris Long and Carrie Champion from NFL Next. Get next-gen stats and watch in-game replays on demand, all within Prime Video's X-Ray. Next-gen stats are real-time stats powered by AWS, so no more waiting around. You can access the current stats anytime. Need to check how your fantasy player is doing? Well, this is the ideal way to stay up to speed. In-game, on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. So if you're a streamer or simply want the most custom way of watching Thursday Night Football, tune in live every Thursday starting October 8th. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. and kickoff is at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video. Also available on Fox and NFL Network. NFL Network simulcast subject to change. Thursday Night Football is presented by Bud Light Platinum. All right, it's time for five big topics. Crowdsource these from our listeners. Thank you all for your help. This is from Reed Wolf. Which offense came out this year and surprised us all, and what fantasy players came from that? What I'll, I'll, you want me to start? Bills. It's a pretty good one, yeah. Like how can how can you <laughs> argue with the Bills, right? It's like Stefan Diggs is fantastic right now, and 
Josh Allen. Look, Josh Allen almost threw for 300 yards for the fourth straight game. It was 288 passing yards. Mm. So just I mean, missed his... the record for the Bill. He ties, remains tied with Jim Kelly for the most consecutive 300 yard games. He's yeah, QB I mean, two. Diggs proofing. is a top seven wide receiver. Beasley is like a number three wide receiver. Um, Devin Singletary has been good the last two weeks because of Moss's injury. But I, what's who surprised us? That was the question. Which offense surprised us? The reason I said the Bills. They are seventh in pass attempts and twenty first in rush attempts. The last five years, this is where they've been in pass attempts: thirty first, thirty second, thirty first, twenty eighth, and twenty fourth. Uh, so that's what really surprised me. Uh, it's shock to see the Bills operating like this, but it's working. Can right, I say the guys. Cowboys? Like I, <laughs> I don't know. If it, it seems obvious, but and we all thought they were going to be good, but this good? I mean, like, yeah, their defense is historically bad and beat up, but Dak Prescott, 450 passing yards or more in three straight games. He's on pace for like six 6,000 passing yards. It's going to slow down eventually, <laughs> but I think even the most optimistic Cowboys fan about their offense would have never, ever imagined this happening. And I'll, I'll throw the Seahawks out there. We expected Russell Wilson to be good. We expected Chris Carson to run well. We did not expect them to throw this efficiently for DK and Lockett to be must-start wide receivers. And for all those things to happen while Carson is still a must-start running running back. And no, well, I think yeah. it's a good point. Chris Carson's on pace for 60 receptions this year. So that's, you know, what we would say, all right, coming into the season, what, 30 to 40 receptions was probably a realistic projection for Chris Carson. He's yep. on pace for 60. So it's, pre- it's pretty nice there out of uh, him. And obviously they're letting Russell Wilson cook. Mm-hmm. Packers would be the other one. See what they do tonight. But so far, they've been one of the best offenses in football. They were the highest scoring team in football going into week four. And they just look so much better in year two of that offense. Sean Brendan Lemon says, through four weeks, who has been the most disappointing non-injured players in fantasy? I nominate, he pretty much covers all of them. I nominate DJ Moore, Kenyon Drake, any Tampa Bay running back, and Marquise Brown. Yeah, those are pretty good. Uh, I think it has to be Kenyon Drake now. He's on pace for 20 targets. I, I He got banged up in, in week four's game, but it's the combination of him not seeing targets, the fact that once they get in the red zone, they're letting Kyler Murray run, and they're letting Chase Edmonds get involved too, whether it's targets in the red zone, carries. I think Ken, Kenyon Drake being drafted as a borderline first-round pick, early second-round pick, yeah. probably the most disappointing for me, Adam. A huge bust. I mean, a huge bust. I, I think that you know the fact that what did you say he's on pace for 20 targets 20 targets that's horrendous he's also a little banged up but it didn't seem serious um like like i said yesterday the first 3 games weren't that discouraging cuz he got 16 to 20 carries he scored 7 to 12 non ppr 8 to 14 ppr points you know he he wasn't that bad. 13 carries was obviously disappointing. And yes, Chase Edmonds is getting the catches. DeAndre Hopkins is getting a lot of catches, obviously. Kyler Murray is rushing for touchdowns almost every week. He's a huge bust, and he's concern- it's concerning. No question. Michael Gallup is obviously... like Looking at the snap counts, Michael Gallup played more snaps than any other Dallas wide receiver. Yep. I- he's just so boomer bust, Adam. That's what it comes down to. Like He's being targeted down the field, but those things... Can be fluky at times because if he yeah, is sure. not hauling in those targets, then you know he's not going to have the big play, and it's going to lead to a very disappointing game. So he is a boomer bust wide receiver three, albeit he plays in the number one yardage offense in the NFL. So 
it's frustrating. For like they threw for 500 yards, he had 30 of them. Schrager left us again. Schrager's having some internet issues, so hopefully he will hop back on. Um, so yeah, Kenyon Drake is the probably the biggest bust in fantasy football right now of the non-injured players. And I don't see how it's going to get better either. That's that's the worst part. You know who's getting a little little disappointing is Josh Jacobs. I don't know that there's any, you know, warning signs. He's still more much more involved in the passing game. He's had three catches in every game. Week one he had four, then three, three, three. So that's nice. But PPR fantasy points in four games, 35, 12, 9, 9. It's really, he just has to score again, I guess. But I don't know. This just kind of looks like one of those bad stretches. Yeah. I'm not worried. He hasn't scored since week one. He did score three touchdowns in that game. But the fact that he's more involved in the pass game this year, the Raiders, their offensive line, I think is a little bit banged up as well. They it lost is. Richie Incognito. Yeah. So that has probably hurt his efficiency to some level. But the fact that he's seeing close to 20 touches per game in a surprisingly pretty good offense too. Like Derek Carr has played really, really well this season. So if anyone's freaking out about Josh Jacobs, I would be looking to buy. And don't worry, Frank, I will not tell Ben that you said that about him. This is from Dan Backler. Streaming quarterbacks have unpredict have been unpredictably not great this season. Um, Trubisky week two, Minshew week three, Fitzpatrick week four. Is there a rest of season available quarterback you'd be happy with? Oh, Ben Schrager's here. Ben, is there a rest of season quarterback that's available that you'd be happy with? Yeah, it's Ryan Tannehill. He's probably has his buy out of the way already. He's getting AJ Brown back. Johnny Smith looks really good. And Tannehill has been almost as efficient as he was last year. So yes, Tannehill's available, not in every league, I believe maybe 25% of leagues. Yeah, it's a little uh, cheap. It's a little cheap. So he would be my go-to. Otherwise, no, like Bridgewater looked good. You can probably trade for Drew Brees. Maybe you could pick up Carson Wentz, but you're not comfortable with Wentz or Bridgewater for the rest of the season. So other than Tannehill, no for me. You know what I will say about the streaming quarterback conversation? Like I had Ryan Fitzpatrick in a few lineups yesterday. I am very ashamed to say that I dropped Tom Brady in a league for Ryan Fitzpatrick. That was a terrible, terrible move. But but (laughs) I would have started going into Monday night is QB 11 this week. So, I mean, he kind of salvaged his day with that rushing touchdown. It's not all bad. I'll throw the name out there. If he remains as a starting quarterback, Justin Herbert has been yeah. really good for fantasy mm-hmm. his first three games. You know, he's thrown for at least 290 yards in each of those. He went up against Tampa Bay, which is supposed to be a good defense, and he just threw for three touchdowns and some really, really long touchdowns as well. Adds a little bit with his legs. Don't know what's going to happen with Terod Taylor, but I think Herbert is pretty interesting, actually. Yep. New Orleans next week, and then the Jets and the Dolphins and the Jaguars after that. Yeah, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars. Yeah, that that could be the guy. I mean, he's gonna look. He's gonna go through his ups and downs, just like Joe Burrow. Um, but Herbert, you know, I read the Athletic a lot. You pay like what five bucks a month or whatever, and get all these beat writers. Makes sense for our job. Um, so the the Jag the writer for the Chargers was just raving about Herbert. We all were, but he was like, "I it's got to be his job. How could they go back to Tyrod Taylor at this point or Tyrod? Excuse me." I want them to stick with Herbert so I don't keep messing up Terod Taylor's name pronunciation more than anything. But, uh, yeah, like they, he said that another thing you said what was interesting is that they did a lot of max protect. They kept their running backs and their tight ends in to block a lot in this game against the Buccaneers pass rush. So when you see 
Austin Eckler was getting so many catches and the Chargers running backs really didn't do that in week four, it could have been, I don't know if you guys have stats on how many routes they ran, but it could have been a blocking thing that they were keeping them in to block against the pass rush. All right, and speaking of which, Brandon asks, is Josh Kelly startable with Eckler out? Uh, and that's a good question because he really struggled with nine carries for seven yards. He did have three catches for 26 yards. It wasn't a fair fight against the Bucks. Love that run defense. At New Orleans, then the Jets, then the Dolphins, then the Jaguars for Kelly. Is he startable, guys? I would yes. say he's a top 24 running back, a low-end RB2. Again, like he didn't dominate snaps, but he played the most snaps of the season by far. It was a season high for him, 57% of the snaps. He had more touches than Justin Jackson. Jackson did not look good in this game either, uh, but Tampa Bay is obviously a really, really good run defense. Matchups coming up are really good. I think he's in there as a, as a low-end RB2, top 24 running back for me, Josh Kelly. Agree, Ben? Yeah, there's no reason for me to think right now what we've seen with Justin Jackson over the past two years that Justin Jackson is going to be the guy out of nowhere. And like we're saying with Herbert, he's got a great schedule coming up. Well, their running backs also have a great schedule. So, yes, Josh Kelly is a starter for me. He's probably more like top 30, but a top 30 running back is very good. The way how bad running backs are right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I got to be, I got to be honest with you, though. The Saints have a pretty good run defense. So I'm a little concerned about it next week. And I'm a little concerned about the fumbles. Looking forward to talking about this one on the waiver wire on the waiver wire show tomorrow. Didn't the Saints allow they allow two touchdowns to running backs this week, right? One to AP and one, one to, to DeAndre Swift. Yes, yeah, but, but it, yeah, in terms of yards per carry, they have been pretty good. Yards per carry is what I typically look like look at, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, you can be a run defense that gives up a low yards per carry. If you have a bad defense in general, you'll probably give up some touchdowns. Uh, the Saints have not had a very good defense this year. We thought they would. Um, I think they should be able to do pretty well against the Chargers. Let's go to our final topic from Dave. What do we do with Mike Davis? So good, but will he be useless in two weeks? I think He'll so. be useless at some point, but use him, use him, use him until he is useless. I, I traded him. I flip him to the McCaffrey owner right now. You know, like the CMC owner, uh, um, manager. manager. Yeah, that's okay. We'll get it. Um, he's he's likely struggling at running back, right? And like, how can you argue with what Mike Davis has done? I think that as long as CMC is out, Davis is going to perform like a low end RB one. All the targets that he's seeing, all the red zone usage that he's seeing, um, it's hard to argue with. Like, and I don't think he's going to have a role when when CMC comes back. Some people have brought that up. You know, is he going to take some work away from McCaffrey? I can't imagine that happening. So, I would try and sell Mike Davis to the CMC. Uh, Manager, and if you can't get anything, just continue to start him while CMC is out. So what would you sell him for? Because you're probably not getting a running back because they're running back needy. What sort of wide receiver do you think you could reasonably get? I traded him yesterday for a wide receiver. What did that look like? Not good in week four. Um, but I wanted <laughs> to start. I, look, I had a, I had four running backs I wanted to start, and uh, one of them was going to be on my bench. So I was like, let's see if I can make a trade. I traded for Marquise Brown. If he had scored a touchdown, you know, which he was half a yard away from, it's not like Brown was bad. Uh, I look, I had a feeling that Marquise Brown was is not going to be as good as Mike Davis while Christian McCaffrey's out, but obviously this will benefit me at some point down the line. It's a three receiver PPR league, so I traded him for Marquise Brown, and I think uh, both sides will be happy with that. Short term for one, long term for the other. Yeah, I would probably try and shoot a little bit higher. Just why not? Just try and see, like. 
if you get McLaurin or something like, you know, I would try to do something like that. But if not, I think Brown, Will Fuller, you know, low end wide Chark. receiver. Chark, not bad. I'm a little bit tougher now, you know, two touchdowns yesterday. Would you trade him for, would you trade Mike Davis for Zach Ertz? Yeah. If I'm starting Logan Thomas at tight end, absolutely. Right. If I'm starting even Evan Ingram, even though we think he might be a buy low, yes, I would still do it. I'm just reading Scott Fowler in the Charlotte Observer writing after the game yesterday. Mike Davis undoubtedly uh, has to keep getting playing time even when McCaffrey returns. He's been excellent. I don't. He has been excellent. He's forced the most missed tackles of any running back. That's wild. But, but McCaffrey is the best running back in football. And the only thing, like this might take a few touches away from McCaffrey, but you're not going to be able to use Mike Davis if we think he may get three targets in a game and, and four or five carries. It's not useful in fantasy. Uh, we're seeing now that Nick Chubb expected to miss six weeks. Ooh. So that is that sucks. That sucks. Got to grab Dearness Johnson. Guys, I got a few minutes left here. Any st- – oh, Jonathan Taylor. Let's talk about the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Ben, uh, what kind of statistics are we seeing on Jonathan Taylor? We were pumped after week two. He saw 74% of the team's rushes and 8% targets. And then week three and four, it's been all, it's been really bad. 45 and 49% of the rushes and 4% of the team targets. So it's frustrating because you have to start Jonathan Taylor. We're expecting this big workload and he's not getting it. And Naheem Hines, when he's running, he's not going anywhere. So it is frustrating to watch Hines. I believe his 35% of his carries have gone for one yard or less since week one so it's not pretty but Jonathan Taylor is not the RB1 we were hoping for based on usage I remember when Marlon Mack went down people were talking about him as a top five running back I don't I don't think that we can realistically have that conversation anymore I think that he's probably more of a low-end RB1 high-end RB2 like a top 15 kind of guy but the snaps have also gone down over the past two weeks as well I keep waiting for Jordan Wilkins to go away I thought he was just like uh okay we're blowing out the Jets let's get Wilkins some work but he was actually just part of the game plan in week four against the Chicago Bears. So uh, that is something I'm a little bit more worried about. I think Wilkins is, um, Taylor rather, is more of a high-end RB2 as of now. Uh, here's what the Athletic had to say about it. At the same time, you have to wonder whether the Colts should be getting more out of their offensive line. There were plays the running backs could have squeezed a bit more yardage out of, but there were also a fair share when they were getting hit in the backfield. Get a load of this. The Bears had nine tackles for losses. Nine! Smith compiled three all by himself. All pro guard Quentin Nelson did not have one of his vintage performances, and he wasn't alone. The Bears had a ton of penetration past the line of scrimmage. Uh, who would you rather have rest of season, Jonathan Taylor or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I think you have to go with Kareem Hunt, which is it's crazy. Jonathan uh, Taylor. I just away Kareem Hunt last week, too, for Kenny Galladay. Jonathan Taylor or Joe Mixon? I think this is a really, really good conversation. <laughs> I'll take I, Mixon. Yeah. Are we being too reactionary? That's what I worry about. You know, it's there were encouraging signs outside of just the three touchdowns, obviously. Season high, 83% of the snaps, and he had six targets and six receptions. Both the snap rate and the targets and receptions were the most for Joe Mixon in any game under Zach Taylor. So if that is something that we can see out of him moving forward, he is a fantastic receiver. I don't understand why they don't normally give him more targets. I think it's really, really close. I'll lean Joe Mixon. I think I might stick with Taylor. I, I think, I suspect that the Jaguars' run defense will be pretty bad from here on out. I know it was good the first three weeks, but I think they might have the worst defense in football. 
they statistically are one of the worst defensive teams in football. And Gardner Minshew has thrown 40 or more passes three games in a row. So keep that in mind. Um, Who catches more passes, Mixon or Taylor Mixon. for the rest of the year? Because I think it's Mixon. Yeah. It, you, yes. It's Mixon. It because be. they, they just, like the Colts don't throw. So Philip Rivers threw so much with the Chargers. <laughs> he, can't, he can't throw to his running backs and his tight ends all the time if he doesn't throw. So I'll take Mixon, but. Mixon's not a 50-catch guy. He's a 35-catch guy. That's my guess. He has 13 through four games. That's well, that's a better pace. That's that's about a 50-catch pace, I think, right? But he had six catches last, last right, week. He had yesterday. six yesterday. He was helped out a lot. by, And it, I think Joe Mixon is still a sell high. Like, if you can trade him straight up for... It sounds like we would trade him for Kareem Hunt straight up. Right. You trade Joe Mixon it'd be tough to pull off. Yeah. Yeah, look, if you could sell high on Mixon, yes, don't just sell him for the sake of selling him, but if you can get, I would still take Josh Jacobs over Joe Mixon. I would still take Miles Sanders over Joe Mixon. Would you um, take um Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin or Joe Mixon? You got to you can't PPR, go with Godwin. If it's a three if it's a three wide receiver league in PPR, I'll take Godwin. Yeah, even with the injury? I- if I have a winning record, I will take Godwin. If I have a losing record, I'm sticking with Mixon. I can't just wait on Godwin. We don't know what his status is for this week or weeks moving forward. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Much appreciated. We'll have uh, fantasy football today in five. If you just can't wait to hear about the games tonight, you don't want to wait until like 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, you want it first thing in the morning. Check out the fantasy football today in five podcast. Um, and uh, we're going to be breaking down the two games. And we'll talk to you with the waiver wire show tomorrow. See you later.